Hi there, and thanks for listening to Call of the Week. I'm Ginger Rousey with the UT Institute of Agriculture. Our guest this week is Dr. Tyson Raper, our UT Extension Cotton Specialist. Hi, Tyson. Thanks for having me, Ginger. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Of course, as we're moving into February, what variety of cotton to plant for the 2020 season is heavy on all cotton producers' minds. Um, you're wrapping up in the gin, so I have a lot of data with you. What, what are your thoughts, or do you have something that you wanted to share about looking ahead to this next year in variety selection? It's been a pretty interesting year. We got a lot of new germplasm introduced uh, late in the year. Uh, got some pretty good data on some of them, but we're still trying to fill out a lot of the varieties that will probably be sold. Still ginning quite a bit of uh, the samples still have to go through and be classed, but we're hoping to get those results out here in the immediate future. Uh, yeah, we're starting to see some later maturing varieties do really well for us, and it's interesting because it, you know, typically we're in early mid state. We mm -hmm. want an early early mid maturing variety. Those later maturing varieties typically perform well, just you know maybe on the Mississippi state line a little bit further north, but we're actually seeing some of those perform well all the way up into Lake County. Mm -hmm. What's well, funny, things are changing as those later varieties, and something you spoke about at Cotton Tour this past fall uh, was a study you're doing that involves heat units um, and maybe reevaluating the, the DD60 model and how we, we go about looking at that. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so it's a really interesting project. We had an opportunity uh, beginning in 18. Uh, we actually started first year we conducted was in 2017, got uh, kind of incorporated to step in in 2018 and, and expanded into a full uh, across-the-belt study. And we're looking at varieties of different maturities, and, and we're watching uh, at each one of these locations, we're watching when each plot reaches a given growth stage. Uh, it's given us a lot of insight into what earliness actually is, uh, how these varieties are different from one another and early a mid and a late maturing variety. Uh, and then it gives us an opportunity to look at things on the, on the back end from a heat unit standpoint. Uh, history of DD60s, uh, basically a group of cotton specialists met in uh, the winter of 1983 and decided that DD60 was going to be the way they went. You know, they just picked, after looking at the data, 60 as a lower threshold for okay. calculating a heat unit, which is different than mm -hmm. what we use for corn or soybeans. And uh, and then that's the, that's the that's the way we've been running things since you know in 1983. And that's a long time to go without an update, it right? Is. Especially when you consider the technolo technological uh, advances we've had yeah. since then. Ginger, I mean, our, our just yields since '83 have increased by well over 500 pounds at state average. You know, uh, it's incredible where we're at right now, and uh, I think it's worth our time to look at. Not not to say that change is justified. We'll probably end up going right back with the same DD60 approach. It's very simple to calculate, mm -hmm. uh, but there's a couple of things that could be improved. And right now, uh, with the computing power we have, uh, it would be uh, a mistake, I think, to, to not take a critical look at, at how we're estimating growth stages. So if I can understand you correctly, with the DD60, there was not an upper limit that's correct. For maximum temperature? That's correct. So at the moment, if you have a, let's say it reaches 105 uh, and your nighttime temperature, let's say it only decreases, drops to like 75 degrees, you're actually getting a credit for all of those increases in, in temperature. Uh, and we know based on uh, plant growth and development, uh, temperatures above 95 can really hurt us, not, not help us. Uh, so some approaches uh, for calculating heat units actually incorporate an upper threshold, so they would stop giving credit after a certain temperature. Uh, 
uh, that's one of the things we're going to look at, um, as well as you know shifting that is sixty degrees Fahrenheit where we need to be, or do we need to look at fifty eight or sixty two? Um, again, this isn't going to be change for the sake of change. Uh, uh, some of this will be academic, um, but I think there are some some interesting things we can do with that calculation, just from a temperature standpoint that could add value. One other thing I'll mention, and this is something that I'm very interested in, get a lot of calls, a lot of questions in the middle of the year on how it's been cloudy for three weeks, uh, or three weeks would be terrible. It's been cloudy for three solid <laughs> yeah, days, right. or a week, a week. Uh, what, how, what impact does that have on the mm-hmm. cotton plant and fruit retention? And we know if we have a cloudy, have cloudy conditions, the plant can think, well, I don't have the resources to fill these bowls, maybe I'll abort a position or two. We're able to now, with the weather station data that we collect, uh, extrapolate out and look at solar radiation across the landscape. We can do a pretty good job with radar-detected cloud cover to estimate solar radiation. So we could potentially include solar radiation in this calculation. Hmm. Uh, And I think that could add a tremendous amount of value on uh, not only predicting growth stage, but potentially predicting yield. This this topic is particularly timely because you're partnering with North Carolina State uh, on a website that's going to have some real practical implications for cotton farmers. Yes, so uh, Dr. Guy Collins and Dr. Keith Edmonston a couple of years ago developed a planning conditions calculator with mm-hmm. their climatology office at, there at North Carolina State University. And it's a really excellent tool. I think I linked to it last year on the blog where you would basically just uh, pinpoint your location using a, a, a website very similar to Google Maps, and uh, and then it'll tell you, based on the forecast, uh, how your planting conditions look. Are they are they average or, or moderate or good? And they use uh, estimated uh, temperature, soil temperature, um, and the forecast. Uh, is there going to be a significant rainfall event in the forecast? So I reached out to Dr. Guy Collins uh, about potentially uh, generating a, a heat unit calculator using the same framework, and uh, he's been working on that, and we hope to have something uh, available in the next two months, potentially by March. Our, our goal there would be, uh, again, you could determine your farm, put your farm in, put your plant date, and you could then generate heat units accumulated uh, uh, from planting up until that point. The other interesting approach might be to put in your last effective bloom date, let's say if you're in August, August 12th or whatever, and you're trying to figure out, well, when would the last time I would potentially apply an insecticide be? Uh, This could be a a very quick way of determining how many heat units have been accumulated since your last effective bloom date, uh, and then tell you at which point you could stop insecticide stop yeah. spending money on that crop. Yeah. Well that sounds like a very interesting of course and a huge time saver uh, for, for producers. Uh, so we'll be looking forward to that and of course b- have a big announcement when that becomes available. We don't want to leave before we ask you though about Cotton Focus and that's just around the corner of February 13th. So tell us a little bit about what's on the agenda. Very excited to have uh, again great speakers. Uh, we're going to stick with mostly Tennessee people this year. We've got uh, Scott Stewart, uh, Larry Steckel, uh, Heather Kelly, each of them have very interesting uh, content to provide. We've got the cotton leaf roll dwarf virus that, that's kind of sprung up in the past couple of years. A lot of uh, concern about that, and Heather's going to address that. Uh, we've had some issues controlling some grasses in some of our uh, extend crops. 
Dr. Steckel's got some really interesting data to, to share on, on how best to, to manage that. And uh, Dr. Stewart, uh, again, Bolgar 2, Bolgar 3, resistance with bollworm. A lot of questions there that, that he'll have some, some clear answers for. Uh, from the uh, economic side of things, uh, very happy to have Dr. Andrew Muhammad and Dr. Aaron Smith, uh, excellent speakers and, and uh, very excited to hear uh, everything that's happened. A lot of things going on right now worldwide, so uh, with the trade agreement signed, see what impact that's going to have on the, on the cotton market and no one better than Aaron Smith and Andrew Muhammad to help us through that uh, issue. And then we'll have Lori Duncan speak a little bit on sustainability and some opportunities to potentially uh, increase the value of our crop with this U.S. cotton protocol, maybe give us some marketing opportunities down the road. So, yeah, I think we have a very good agenda. Uh, excited to uh, see everybody February 13th. It does sound good. What time are you kicking off? Hopefully get everybody registered around 8 okay. and should have content around 8.30. Okay, so be sure to be here at 8 o'clock here at the West Tennessee Ag Research and Education Center on Thursday, February 13th for our annual Cotton Focus. Tyson, thank you so much for being with us. And thank you all out there for listening to Call of the Week. We'll talk next week.